Tifsud is a testing, inspection and uh, certification uh, company. It's a very interesting business because it's so diverse and, and you have an expert for nearly everything. I said from uh, the sausage up to, to nuclear plants. have um, an autonomous uh, checking uh, of damages so you drive through a, a huge uh, scanner uh, I would say and uh, and it will detect whether this is a damage or a scratch or uh, if it's just some dirt on the vehicle and that is tested because we have so many uh, pictures of damaged cars um, that that's an area where we use our data My management style is not to make decisions, but uh, bring the team together that they are making the decisions and that they are um, the best uh, to, to, to do all the, all the decisions and, and ask them yeah, to be part of, of the decision making and not just asking for something, but uh, uh, bringing something up and, and then therefore um, deciding on them themselves. This is CRNA TV. My name is Hendrik Deckers. I'm here today with uh, Stefan Domsch, who is the CIO of TÜVSUIT. A very warm welcome, Stefan. Hello, Hendrik. Thanks for having me here and having the interview. Stefan, you have a degree in IT from the Otto Friedrich University in Bamberg. You worked seven years at Accenture and nine years at BMW, and you joined TÜVSUIT in 2016. So, Stefan, Tell us a little bit more about yourself, what's your background, who are you really, and how did you arrive in this position? All right, Hendrik, yes. Uh, I think I'm a, I'm a little computer nerd. So mm -hmm. I started uh, with computers in the very early times, as well with even with, uh, with a computer that had not really a keyboard, but a foil uh, keyboard. Uh, and uh, and uh, if you remember, these computers had uh, one kilobyte of memory, <laughs> uh, main memory, um, and I think that's that's long time gone. Mm -hmm. But uh, over over the time, I had really the interest in uh, in computer science. So I founded my my first uh, company um, that uh, developed software still during uh, the the high school time, mm -hmm. and uh, continued that as well in the university times where we created a software for for cinema. So okay. you would call it an ERP system right now, I guess. <laughs> Uh, ticketing system, but also all uh, the background uh, for for the financial things uh, that they had to work in a in a cinema. Very interesting because you got to see all the the movies for free, and mm -hmm. uh, and that was uh, very interesting. We sold it, but uh, in um, uh, starting then with uh, with uh, Accenture or at this point in time Anderson Consulting in mm -hmm. in Sofia Antipolis, uh, you you couldn't do both. I mean, you couldn't work as a consultant and have your own company. So in the in the e-commerce times, I sold uh, the company and then uh, went uh, to to Accenture or Anderson Consulting in Sofia Antipolis in the south of France. Wow! So what a place to start a career, right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it was it was by chance because. Uh, it was uh, when um, they had these big fears of uh, attracting people. Mm -hmm. So I think the war for talent at this point in time was also on. They tried to attract uh, people in big fears, trying to tell them about uh, the companies. And uh, Anderson Consulting was there with their technology park and mm -hmm. that they have and still have in, in Sofia Antipolis uh, between Cannes and Nice. Mm -hmm. And uh, they invited uh, all the students for, for the interviews that passed the first round, uh, interviewed them. Uh, in, in in France, and I felt that's that's a cool place to be. Let's let's go there, 
uh, and and start uh, start a new life uh, in in France. Okay, super. And now and now we are at uh, Tufsud. So for all of us who don't know Tufsud, can you explain a little bit what this company is all about? Yeah. Tufsud is a testing, inspection, and uh, certification uh, company. So mm -hmm. we're doing uh, testing, for example, for, for products. We're doing inspections for, for elevators. Uh, and we're doing certifications of processes like ISO 30 certifications and so on. Um, it started in, in Germany, so it's a big heritage of 150 years. So this company was uh, founded more than 150 years before, um, and uh, it's it's still there. It, it started small in Germany uh, because mm -hmm. of um, um, pressure tanks exploding um, uh, for the steam steam pressure tanks. So mm -hmm. there, there was the question: How can we we secure and safeguard uh, the technology? And that's when uh, TÜV, uh, TÜV was founded. There are Many, many TÜVs and they went then together uh, to different um, bigger TÜVs. So TÜV mm -hmm. Süd um, is, is one of the biggest. We have then TÜV Rhineland and TÜV Nord. They are a little bit uh, smaller, but they are competitors uh, mm -hmm. to us. And it's, uh, it's a very interesting business because it's so diverse and, and you have an expert for nearly everything. I said from, uh, from uh, the sausage up to, to nuclear plants, you have all the experts here in this company. And that makes this company very, very special. Yeah, and there's even a saying, ein Tüff machen in German, right? Exactly, because uh, that's uh, for, for, the, for the cars, uh, which is uh, the, the widest known uh, for the cars. You have to bring your car to the TÜV. And uh, so therefore, you even have the verb, uh, den TÜV machen. Mm -hmm. So you do the TÜV for, for something and, and it's used in all senses. So even if you want to uh, check something, you, you said, uh, is, is uh, the TÜV done for, for that? So it's very, very known in German. I think if you go onto the street, uh, probably 90% would, wouldn't recognize the name and, uh, yeah. and, and understand that because also the driver's license um, that's done uh, from, from, uh, from us and that's, uh, that's a monopoly in, in Germany. So all the, all the ones that have a driver's license, at least here in Bavaria, I got it from, uh, from TÜV Süd. Yeah. So inspecting cars, inspecting elevators, having driver license, inspecting production systems, food, sausages, but not only in, in, in Germany, also uh, I understand 50% of your businesses in the rest of the world, right? Correct. Uh, I think the expansion started like about 20 years ago mm -hmm. when, um, when, when we wanted to open up for, for the rest of the world. So that expansion started and it's now around about 50% even, I mean, compared if you, if you want to count uh, people or if you want uh, to count turnover, that's a bit even uh, more, than, more than 50%. The biggest ones are um, mostly in, in China. Um, we have in the Americas, we have uh, India, we have have Singapore, so the Asian uh, world and in Middle East, uh, of course. So that's, I guess, that's the expanding because Germany it, it's quite a saturated uh, market, and uh, the other markets are not. So therefore, there's a, there's a big and, and good potential for us to grow outside of Germany as well. Okay, and can, can you give us some idea of size, of number of people, revenues? Uh, how yeah. big is the company? Um, yeah, I think we're, we're in that right now over 26,000 uh, people uh, all over the world with, I think, around about uh, 13,000 here in, in Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, the turnover um, is uh, 2.5, uh, 2.6 uh, billion um, all, all over in, 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 in euro. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, that's an increasing uh, business. And I think we're, we're split into, into five, we call it, uh, divisions, mm -hmm. uh, mobility, 
being the biggest uh, division that takes care of everything around uh, the car and mobility. Um, also, uh, if we talk about the uh, future, I think that's, that's the interesting part. So who's taking artificial intelligence or self-driving cars? Who's taking a driver's license for them? I think we are pretty active in this field uh, as well to, to see that. Or for homologation of new cars, uh, we're, we're also very much involved in the automotive industry. And then you have the industrial uh, industry of all the this pressure, everything that's around pressure, but also chemical plants that, that have pressure tanks uh, where we're doing. Um, going then to the real uh, estate and infrastructure area where everything is around building. So, for example, the elevators uh, mm -hmm. are, are in there, but we're also doing a lot of inspection of um, um, of, of building itself. So if, 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 if you want to know if everything is done um, to, to the standards, then uh, TÜVSÜD would, would do uh, and would help out. And then uh, moving on is, is the, the product uh, division that takes care of, of all products. And, and we're here talking about products from uh, food, but also um, um, everything, computers um, that are products or consumer products but also a lot in the medical environment. I think that's the biggest growing uh, that, that we have seen over the last years because there's a huge demand as well in, in the certification um, and evaluation of, of medical uh, products. And then last but not least, all the processes um, that are in, in our business assurance uh, division where, they're, where they are taking care of all processes, be it IT processes, but, but everything that, that has a norm um, and, and has an ISO um, norm, for example. But, but as, as well, training organization where we train external people, but also our internal uh, people with an academy, a big, big training organization. So a huge organization worldwide, 50% in Germany, five different divisions, many, many different business models, different businesses. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is today the main challenge uh, for your organization? What is, what, what's really cooking in the company today? I think there, there, there are two things. Uh, one is, of course, uh, we, we depend on the knowledge of, of our inspectors. I mean, mm -hmm. they are goods. They, they have the knowledge. They know what to do. And uh, in, our, in the digital world, that is all now changing. So how do we keep up with things like uh, there, there is maybe not a person needed, but how can you trust that everything else is, is working uh, mm -hmm. accordingly and, and how to support that? So it's, it's a fine line between supporting the inspector and replacing the inspector and then we don't want to do that of course I mean we, we want to keep that so therefore we, we need to think how we can best support uh, the inspectors mm -hmm. and uh, and the inspectors I mean they have to define something is good or bad and I think that that is a challenge for us because they they don't they don't think creatively they they have to observe things so therefore uh, in, in creating things for them the biggest challenge is to convince them that these are the good things because they will spot the little thing that might not work perfectly and, mm -hmm. and question then uh, the whole thing. So that's, uh, that's, that's one area. And then I guess the, the biggest uh, thing is how to transform into a more digital uh, model, mm -hmm. into a digital uh, company, and how from an IT perspective we can support that in such a diverse environment 
where there, the commonality of things is, is not really there. I mean, in an ERP system, yes, of course, but in the operational systems, it's really, really diverse. So you mentioned ERP. Let's maybe first talk about uh, uh, the ERP strategy and systems and then come back on, uh, on, on how digital can, can augment and, and, in, and improve inspection and, uh, and so on and so on. So, so where are you today with your, um, uh, with your ERP implementation and, and, and what's the strategy? Where do you, where do you want to go? I mean, we have a strong SAP background, and I think uh, we we started uh, even with the with the first installations of SAP. So I think SAP is quite proud of us as a customer because we are a very very loyal customer. Still mm -hmm. starting with R two uh, and 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 with the first uh, versions. I mean, in in all our finance area and in the HR area. Um, uh, for uh, for for everything that's around the employee, we have SAP. Mm -hmm. um, we we have our, our CRM system. It's it's on it's on SAP, um, and um, that's that's a global system. Yeah. Really, we we have uh, unfortunately it's not one system. Mm -hmm. uh, it's many systems. So that's that's uh, historically grown, unfortunately. But um, at least that's that's our background. So nobody else is booking outside of SAP. All the mm -hmm. invoices are. Going through through SAP, so that's that's where we really have a common backbone. Even so, it's not into one system, but uh, through the business warehouses, we try to consolidate the data. Okay, now, like we said in the beginning, Tufsuit is, is a bit of a fragmented company because you do so many different things, so many individual business units in so many different locations. So coming to one common ERP, one common SAP system is also not an easy thing, I can imagine. But is that the goal? Absolutely, absolutely. We're trying to, to harmonize the processes as we're, we're moving in, into the direction of S4. Mm -hmm. We actually have set up an actual program uh, for, for, for doing that. So mm -hmm. that's, that's uh, as well including the business opportunity to, to harmonize uh, processes, streamline processes. And at the end, I mean, we're not so sure whether we will have one um, SAP system or if we have more SAP system that really depends then on, the, on the final architecture. But yep. the goal is to really harmonize now from, from our environment of 13 SAP systems down to as, uh, as low as possible in terms of the count. Yep. Now, harmonizing and, uh, and, and reducing complexity, basically, is, is I think what is related to that. That's not an easy thing, right? I mean, it's very complex to simplify things. So, so, so what is your, what's your approach there? Because I can imagine that there's a lot of customizations built in, in, in the current system. So... How do you make that more simple? That will be the task of the of the future to mm -hmm. define that and and create it with benefits. I think uh, convincing the business to to give up things that they have worked on uh, for for so long only is possible if you if you come up with some benefits. So yeah. we we need to really define and see uh, what S four can offer and and where we can find uh, benefits. And I'm honest, if you don't find the business benefits, then probably we'll, we'll end up in some modifications. We will not harmonize it down to zero and, and create just a, a pure standard vanilla SAP system. Yeah. I think that's where our business is too diverse and our, the demands of our customers. And I think that's, that's the, the, the part you need to bring in, even so if it would work for you in terms of standardization. Mm -hmm. If you have so many different customers with uh, always uh, diverse, 
course uh, requirements, um, then then you you can't do it differently than having uh, different routes for uh, for for your customers and special uh, programs, special processes, um, and it will continue to have that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so your core strategy is to use SAP at least for finance and, and, to, uh, and to bring that to S4 HANA and, and to try to harmonize and, and, and simplify as much as possible. But how, how about the other platforms? How about CRM, HR? How do you see the future of that? You see everything in, in SAP or you see a combination of different systems? As we started our approach of the of the S4 HANA journey, of mm-hmm. course, we looked at the, the world around. So obviously CRM, um, obviously HR, and uh, we're right now in the evaluation of uh, whether these uh, satellite or cloud systems would actually uh, be good with with us, and and how could they fit into our environment? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are competitors uh, on the market, um, so so therefore, I think there is no final decision on where we are going but definitely that's in scope of the of the overall SAP uh, uh, future landscape uh, that that we want to that we want to see and we are evaluating all that yeah. yes uh, because this is an opportunity to make sure that you use with the, with the best platform and and the best architecture and and there has to be an integration work has to be done anyway <laughs> depending on uh, independent of the of the platforms that you uh, that you're going to use Let's talk also a little bit about the, um, the, the infrastructure side, the hosting side of, uh, of, of your ERP. How is, that, how is that organized today? And do you see cloud as a future for, uh, for hosting of ERP? Currently, our, our SAP systems are in our data center. Mm-hmm. So the, the data center is just uh, around the corner <laughs> here. Um, so it's, uh, it's an observation mode from, from my office, at least, to look at. and uh, um, and. We have it there. I mean, data data is is really crucial uh, for us. Um, we 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 want to have our data with us for the moment, at least. So therefore, um, the idea that that we're currently having is that we probably will go with an S four on premise mm-hmm. uh, and then see if there are some benefits. But if if you go into into the cloud for everything and and there are some things you you need to go in the cloud i mean mm-hmm. sales cloud uh, by name you don't have it on premise or success factor that, that that is a cloud solution so therefore if you if you if you talk about cloud strategy i would say yes for for the ones that are available on the cloud we 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 will have them because mm-hmm. that's the best uh, to do um, for our core ERP system, of course, SAP wants us uh, to go and move as well in, into the cloud. But the dependency you have, that's, that's, that's one thing. And, and the price dictation you have is there. I mean, we, we, we just uh, right now are in our renewal of the Microsoft Enterprise Agreement. Mm-hmm. And um, we went from uh, bought licenses uh, into rented licenses. And I mean, right now you have no choice of uh, accepting the price of Microsoft. I mean, they're trying to be a good partner. And I think uh, that that is a good relationship. On the other hand, they need to make profit. They need to make a margin. And uh, I always say, I don't have to make a margin in my data center. I, mm-hmm. I can do it um, for, for the cost. And obviously, uh, the, the level of automation uh, is not as much as, as other data centers um, if, if you go into the cloud. But... I don't have to make a margin. And if you look into the books of Amazon or Google, they have a huge margin on their data centers. Yeah. And that's where I can be 
a little bit less automated or a bit uh, less optimized, um, but I still have the control over the data um, and uh, I'm, I'm the owner of the data. So, so probably that's the way we're going to go. I mean, if there are good arguments, that's, that's what we also have in our IT strategy is, mm -hmm. I mean, if you have good arguments, rethink what you said before uh, yep. and, and, and do it again. Yeah, but in general, Ed, uh, I mean, we've discussed this before, you're quite critical on, on cloud and I understand because of data ownership and, and control because of costs and because uh, cl cloud can become very expensive very quickly and because of vendor lock-in, which is also, uh, mm -hmm. is, is, is also an issue. Yeah, I'm, I'm not against cloud. I think we need cloud, that there, there is no way and that, that, that is the future. Mm -hmm. The question is just if you want to go all in or if you want to have an approach where you are the one to make the decision, if you're the one to decide whether it makes sense or not. I mean, if you're all in the cloud, there is no way to go to go back. Um, we are deploying into the cloud. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, we we have uh, Microsoft Azure as the as our 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 private cloud, mm -hmm. and we're putting in the things in the cloud that that we need and where it makes sense. But we're the ones to decide whether it makes sense or yeah. not, and uh, and that's re revisited uh, time after time, and yeah. uh, and we'll see whether the best strategy is maybe tomorrow a different one than it was before. Yeah. Stefan, another um, huge opportunity um, besides optimizing ERP and, 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 uh, and, and modernizing that, harmonizing that and so on, is of course to use uh, digital in the, in the operations of the company. I'm just thinking, hey, we talked about you have many, many inspectors on the road, uh, testing processes, uh, production facilities, elevators and so on and so on. But I can imagine that there's a huge opportunity there for digital to, uh, to improve and to augment the work that these inspectors are doing. And, and, and you could build in inspection technology that, uh, that is complementary to the human uh, in inspection that's, that's going on. How, how are you uh, working in that domain? How do you, what's the, the vision and strategy there? We're in different fields uh, in here. I mean, one is supporting the inspector so that he has everything uh, on site. So for example, if you go to an elevator and you need to find things, you need to, to see where things are, uh, we're trying to, to find uh, ideas where we can actually help that uh, to, to find it more more easy. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the support of, of, of inspector. Oh, for documents, uh, we're, we're right now um, evaluating technologies where we screen documents, find already things out uh, out of the documents because a lot of our inspection is also document based so mm -hmm. you need to read uh, all the documentation and I think here artificial intelligence can really uh, support that so that for for the tasks we're, we're doing um, we are doing the more smarter task and the, the, the ones that require more the intelligence and, and not trying to filter out from a huge uh, pile of uh, paper so that's uh, that's one area the other one is uh, where for example the testing or the inspection uh, costs a lot of money for, for, for our clients. So take, for example, a, a chemical plant. If mm -hmm. they have huge uh, uh, tanks, for example, even to clean them, to stop the production, to see whether uh, there is corrosion uh, inside of the, uh, of the tanks uh, might cost them a million euro uh, to, to actually do that because they have to clean that and yeah. we need 
to go in, we need to see, uh, and then you have to refill that. So the production st uh, stops as well. So if we are developing devices where we, and, and, and we are doing this, where we can already see that there is corrosion, for example, going on, and then there is an inspection earlier needed or later needed, um, that's, uh, that's supporting as well. And, and for example, for the elevators, we created uh, a smart elevator uh, um, device uh, mm -hmm. that we put on elevators to also do predictive maintenance. Because I think with, with our knowledge, we are in a very good position uh, to support that uh, and, and, and give advice. Um, the only thing we need to be careful is because it's a, it's a regulated environment. Uh, you can't do everything you like. So giving a Google class, for example, to someone and this, this person does the inspection uh, of the elevator, if, if it's not a certified uh, inspector that doesn't work so mm -hmm. th there are some limitations um, that, that we have but we're, we're trying um, to digitize and, and digitalize um, and this this environment um, for for not only the internal but also for for external so customer okay. experience that's that's for example self-service so that's that's where we try to put the inspector still in the in the bigger picture and 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 still into the center but create an ecosystem around that mm -hmm. so that it's uh we are different from 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 our competitors for example okay let's talk a bit about data as well because i can imagine that there's huge amounts of data coming into your uh, your company from so many different different sources so what's what's the overall data strategy and 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 then uh, analytic analytics advanced analytics ai and so on and so on where are you in that in that journey i think everyone wants to do that but yeah. uh, the difficulty here is that we have a lot of legal entities uh, by uh, by design or because there are some things where if you want to do an inspection you don't, can't do consulting so you need to uh, to yeah. split that into different uh, companies for example and that means that our data we, we have huge amount of data but it's not consolidated it's not in one place mm -hmm. um, it's it's all over and, and i think what we need to think is what can we actually best do with our our data yep. uh, where does it help us and how do we consolidate that so we are at the very beginning of of, of getting there of course there are some areas where we have more data where we can use the data for example um, um, we, we, we have have um, an autonomous uh, checking uh, of damages so you you uh, you drive through a, a huge uh, scanner uh, I would mm -hmm. say and uh, and it will detect whether this is a damage or a scratch or uh, if it's just uh, um, um, some some dirt uh, on the on the vehicle mm -hmm. and that is tested because we have so many uh, pictures of damaged cars um, that that's an area where we use our data but I think we are at the very beginning. We're still a very people-oriented uh, business, and we are moving on to that. So that data, yeah, is 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 a bigger um, bigger value for us uh, as well in the future. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about your IT organization. Twenty-six thousand people in, uh, in 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 the business in the different businesses. Uh, and you have uh, how many people are the internal and externals in in IT? 
Uh, for the internal, it's easy. You can count them. Uh, even <laughs> probably there is even some shadow IT uh, that that you can't count. But that's uh, around about 400 people uh, that we have internally mm -hmm. here in Germany. We we have a lot of contractors working on. So probably there there is another 200, uh, 300 uh, contractors, mm -hmm. and then everything behind where we operate uh, through SLAs, where we don't have really uh, warm bodies uh, supporting or contractors, uh, but but uh, we base. So it's it's probably around uh, the same uh, same amount. So I would say 400 internal. If you count total external, it's probably something like uh, six six hundred uh, in total. Mm -hmm. So about uh, a, a thousand people in in IT, huge organization. So and and what is your what is your operating model for that? How have you mm -hmm. organized in this fragmented business your IT organization? Mm -hmm. Uh, we're structured over plan, build and, and run, where we have our central organization, IT strategy, governance, enterprise architecture, uh, and as well the, the project portfolio management in, 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 in one uh, department. Then we have a newly created uh, CISO organization, our IT security or cybersecurity. I think that's, that's more fancy to call it uh, mm -hmm. cybersecurity. Um, that takes care of uh, global IT uh, security and we, we have a CISO as well that we named and uh, that, that reports uh, to me on all the, on the IT security stuff. Mm -hmm. For um, the build part, um, we have um, split into our business divisions. The divisions uh, I explained at the very beginning, like mobility as one division or product services as another one. And they're doing all the build part of application that is divisional specific uh, for, 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 their, for their area. So no. they, 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 they are building the software. They have the bigger projects on the, on the divisional scope. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, last but not least, in the, in the build part, uh, you also have a central uh, part of, of a build function that takes care of all central or um, um, non-divisional uh, corporate uh, uh, functionality or corporate uh, functions, like, for example, all the finance, HR, CRM, and we have it bundled uh, into one area that takes care of, uh, of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, for the run part, um, it's uh, application uh, application operations uh, and uh, infrastructure and infrastructure operations. We're regionally uh, set, so so therefore we have one uh, here in Europe where the, the biggest part uh, is is Germany, and uh, I think in our data center here in Munich we're running 80% of the of the server uh, for the rest of the world as well here from from our data center uh, in Munich but um, then obviously we we also have other data centers uh, in, in in Europe as well for example in Spain uh, we 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 have one or in the UK but that's managed from uh, from from Europe okay. um, but but with the local expertise of course uh, on on site and then we have Americas as one region uh, that takes care of the Americas region and then Asmea and uh, everything that's uh, that's non-European because it's then Middle East Africa um, and as well Asia uh, that, that we have and they have also their local data center but uh, the management is then um, uh, that the, the guy that reports uh, to me takes care then of the of the whole region even so we have local data centers for example in China or in Singapore okay uh, quite a yeah. big organization organi organized and plan built run where what is today fundamentally your role where do you spend most of your time 
Uh, in, in trying to, to bring all these 400 people uh, together, because I mean, mm -hmm. the, the people in, in, in the run part, for example, they are in their local, uh, in their, their regional and, and legal entities that are mm -hmm. uh, outside of, of Munich. And of course, the local management always has ideas what they should do and, and where they should uh, spend their time. And uh, the, the same for the divisional IT, that's also not here in, in essential, but we put them into the legal entity of the business because I, I truly believe that there should be proximity to where, where the best input is needed. And, yep. and for the build part, I think it's not technology. Um, that's, uh, it's more the business part, understanding the business. So that's why they are more in the, uh, in the part of the, of the business. And my role is now to bring them all together uh, and, and have one, one common theme. Uh, we, we call it one IT. We, we didn't call it, it's the, it's the IT of Tufsud. It's the one IT of Tufsud uh, to make sure that everybody understands, uh, even so we are in different legal entities or uh, in different areas, different countries. We, we still have one purpose and that's IT, making our, our business happy, supporting uh, our business mm -hmm. and trying to moderate that, um, that, that all fits uh, together. I think that's the, that's the biggest challenge uh, for, 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 for me um, and, and still will be in the next, uh, in the next years uh, in terms of, uh, of people. Then, of course, on architecture, the, the, the goal is to harmonize and, and streamline and, and don't create another architecture or another system here, but uh, to really be open uh, to, um, to component architecture, reusability. So that's, that's my main push uh, as well, so that we don't develop things in, in one of the, of the entities um, that cannot be reused or where somebody already has something, then convince them uh, to use the software uh, that we have created somewhere else and, and reduce uh, um, uh, our heterogeneous uh, environment. That's, I think, the, the, the second thing. And the third thing is uh, yeah, to motivate the organization because, I mean, Tufsud is, is very well known outside for maybe for the inspectors. And if you're a car enthusiast, uh, the, probably people that don't like Tufsud because they don't <laughs> pass. Um, but uh, I think uh, the world is quite or is much, much safer with Tufsud. So that's very well for, for inspectors in, in, mm. in this business. But from an IT perspective, we're not the big player here, especially in Munich. You need to, you're, you're comparing, for example, with BMW or with, with, you have Google that's here. Um, how, to, how to make that a great place uh, to be for, for for our internal people and, and thinking uh, how we can modernize uh, our environment. Yeah, so let's yeah, talk. Let's talk about that. How do you? What's your strategy in making sure that you attract the right people, that you attract talent, that you can retain it, that you can grow your teams, that you can make them successful? What's your uh, secret of success there? I think we're trying to to bring um, and, and and you ask a question: How many internal and external? Uh, we're mm -hmm. we're trying to bring um, the the knowledge to to our internal people. They need to they need to create the future. They need to design the future. Or they we want to enable them um, that they can actually uh, do something uh, positive uh, for for the company. That mm -hmm. it's not like a repeated task or but they are bored. So what we're trying to push that out as good as we can uh, to 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 external. Uh, providers and and keep the the knowledge inside steer mm -hmm. uh, from from an inside and make it uh, therefore attractive trying 
to bring new technologies in, uh, rethink our strategies uh, from from while to while, so that we're not just following uh, what we have thought maybe five years ago, and mm -hmm. and, and put a different uh, focus on that, and um, yeah, include our our people into into the process of thinking, changing, and tell them it's a constant change. Um, so you you can actually change something. And maybe in the bigger companies, uh, you are this little part of this whole big picture here with, with 400 that that's still big, but mm -hmm. you can you can do more. You can you can change more if, if you want. And that hopefully attracts people and they talk about that open culture of change. I think change is not negative. It's it's positive. Uh, um, and, and we're trying to establish that, uh, that culture. Yeah. Now, a good CIO is not only a good manager that can bring his team and organize his team and, 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 and create the right models and motivations and so on, but a good CIO is also a, a leader. So can you uh, talk a little bit about your leadership style? How would you, how would you define that? How do you, and what is the leadership style that you also expect from, from your IT leadership team? Yeah. I think my, my leadership style is to enable people and, and try to get the best uh, out of them because mm -hmm. I, I don't want to be the one that makes the, the final decision that everyone needs to ask for approval or uh, is that the right direction. I want to enable them that they are making the decisions or that they and their teams because I think at the end you, you need knowledge and IT is changing so fast so that, that you don't have the overview of everything. Mm -hmm. So we need the intelligence of all these 400 people. So my, my management style is not to make decisions, but uh, bring the team together that they are making the decisions and that they are um, the best uh, to, to, to do all the, all the decisions and, and ask them uh, to, um, yeah, to be part of, of the decision making and not just asking for something, but uh, uh, bringing something up and, and then therefore um, deciding on them themselves. Okay. How do you think you are perceived in, in your organization? What do you think people will say about you when, when you're not around, when they're having a coffee together or beer? <laughs> I, 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 think, I think they would, they, they would, uh, they would say that uh, I'm, I'm an open-minded, so mm -hmm. they, they can approach me with things. And I think that's, uh, that's the, the open-door policy. If you want something, please come. And that I'm not shooting people uh, for, for making mistakes. Uh, uh, if they're done because I mean if we can learn from mistakes and I think we, we all need to learn from mistakes and we make mistakes every day um, the good thing is if we evolve then I'm happy I'm 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 not so happy if we continue always on the same pace and uh, if we don't think things through I guess that then I'm I'm uh, they would say yeah he, he is not really uh, happy uh, when when we come up with the same thing and we haven't thought it through mm -hmm. then uh, then he's that he, he might be more angry because why did you not think of that I mean it doesn't need me to think of things you should come up uh, with that and think uh, more more globally okay well Stefan what what is it that really drives you when at the end of the week are you a happy person I think if if we continue to make progress, if mm -hmm. if we are uh, if we are changing, I think if we are continuing to move, um, and and you can see that with SLAs, for example, um, if you meet SLAs, it's all good. 
and the whole company is happy. Mm -hmm. um, that, that doesn't make me happy because I know that's built on the past. It's not built on the future. So uh, if everything runs, uh, we have done a good job in the past. It mm -hmm. doesn't tell you of the future. So therefore, in order to, uh, to be also seen from the business as a good advisor, as a good um, uh, input-driven uh, uh, person, um, then you need to change. You need to evolve. You need uh, to, to bring in technology technology best uh, you can and I think th that that drives me that we from an IT are not a supporting function mm -hmm. but we are an enabler that that is my main goal so if uh, once I, f I finish here and I go into retirement and then hopefully the IT is even more seen as the enabler of the business that understands the business, that does the best things the best business needs yep. and it's not a supporting function where you just purely talk about cost. And what, what is exciting about working? I mean, you worked for a big consultant company, you worked for an automotive, BMW and now at Tufsut. What is attractive to work for, for Tufsut? What, what, what is it that, you, that gets you up in the morning and say, yes, I want to go and, uh, and spend my time there? Well, I think one is the possibility to change things. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and my, my boss, the, the, the CFO, really helps uh, that, that we can really change whatever we need. So mm -hmm. he, he is interested in, are we doing good things? And, and we are open to do things. And that's, that's, that's a great thing that motivates you if you come in. And, and it's not like you have so many boundaries. I mean, you limit yourself, basically. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's the good thing. And the second thing is, I, I think, working for, for, for a company that really is only interest in making the world better. I mean, in, in, in our world of now talking about sustainability, uh, I mean, th that's the greatest thing uh, to do. I mean, everything we're doing is just to protect uh, that uh, we continue to grow, that technology is, uh, is still there because... If there's nobody securing that, technology could be really, really uh, um, uh, difficult and, and, and uh, dangerous. And, and if you work for a company that's pure goal is to make the world better, I think that that's a great one uh, to go uh, into the office every morning. Absolutely. Now, Stefan, you sh shared with us your MBTI profile. And, uh, and you are in the uh, Myers-Briggs personality type. Uh, world you are an ESFJ, also known as a console. So you're more extroverted, uh, sensing, uh, feeling and, and judging. And people with um, these personalities, uh, they typically have the following strengths. And uh, so I, uh, I want to uh, challenge you to see if uh, which one you recognize uh, uh, first of the strengths and then of the weaknesses. So. Typically, people with your personality, the consoles, they have strong practical skills. They have a strong sense of duty. Uh, they're very loyal. Uh, they're very sensitive and warm. And they're good at connecting with, uh, with other people. Does that fit the bill? And where do you recognize you more than, um, than, than other points, maybe? I would say so. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to be sensible and analytic, but extrovert as well. I, I like to talk, mm -hmm. but uh, if I if it, it's it, it doesn't need always to be uh, like that uh, to talk. I can also be quiet in the background, mm -hmm. uh, ana analyzing things and then uh, making up uh, uh, decisions. I, I like to work with people. I think. 
Um, I, I couldn't work uh, if if everything would just be on uh, on, on uh, Teams or Zoom at the meeting. I need to interact uh, with people. So so yes, I think that's that's the warm side because if the people are happy, they're doing a much better job. So my job is as well to make them happy and and uh, to take the best uh, out of them. So I guess yeah. In a sense, I would, I would, I would see myself in that. <laughs> okay. Now, the flip side of that is the potential uh, development areas uh, that we could call them is that uh, consoles can be worried about their social status. They can sometimes be inflexible, reluctant to innovate or improvise. They can be vulnerable to criticism, to needy or to selfless. So. Um, where do you recognize some of, of, of yourself and how, how have you in your personal professional development overcome maybe some of these uh, weaknesses? Well, of course, if, if you were a strong person, you have your thoughts and uh, it's, it's always what you have to question yourself. Are you over dominating uh, mm -hmm. things? And that's, that's I think, a, a constant circle that you always have to do if you're in a meeting. Do you talk too much? Are you are you bringing in your, your values in there, but don't leave the other's area to breathe? I think... Uh, Every extrovert uh, person needs to think about that uh, curiously in, in, in all of the meetings. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes, I mean, if it's, uh, if it's uh, intense, uh, then, uh, then you can't control that and, and you're, you're probably overdoing things. Um, but then you reflect yourself and you say, okay, give the others area uh, to breathe and, uh, and to bring themselves uh, in. Um, that's, uh, that's definitely uh, probably the advice for everyone that, that is an extra word mm -hmm. uh, that's, uh, did the others get enough airtime? That's, that's my question in every meeting uh, that I have. And, and, and sometimes I decide, no, they don't need that. But uh, in others, it's like, okay, uh, what can you actively do in order to bring the, this airtime up for, from others? Because... It's also there, it's, it's, it's quite easy. If one speaks, then the others just listen and then, then you need to bring yourself back and, uh, and involve the others into, into, the, in, into the meeting, for, for, for example. And that's the same with your opinion. If you have a strong opinion, you, you articulate your opinion, you're passionate uh, for, for, for your opinion. But if the others are, are not so passionate about theirs, then they probably even with a better idea stick back because they don't want to have the, the, the arguments and they, they don't want to uh, go into, into the clinch uh, of discussing that. That's why I, I motivate everyone. It's, it's nothing personal. If I fight for, for my ideas, that's because I'm passionate. It's not that I know everything better. I, I still listen to if you have good arguments, but you need to come with good arguments. Um, and that's... That, that, that's a fine uh, line of, uh, of overdoing this because you are so passionate about your ideas or you, are, um, you, you think your, your ideas or, or your sense of thinking is, is, is the right one um, that you need to bring the other peoples into, into the game. But that's, that's why I always say, speak up. You can, you can tell me I'm an idiot. I have no issue uh, with that. And if I am an idiot, please tell me uh, that I am an idiot because otherwise... We don't learn and uh, we don't evolve. Okay. Stefan, you have two children, two uh, yeah. teenagers, a boy of 12, a girl of 15. What are the, the core values that you're passing on to your children? What is it the core values also that you yourself live by? 
I think the, the, the core value is the, the same as uh, for, for Tufsu, trust and inspire trust. So mm -hmm. trust, I think that's the, that's the main value I, I want to give them. Second is openness. Uh, they, they need to be open uh, for, for everything, for, for cultures, uh, people, for different uh, opinions and, and everything. And then uh, it's like learn. I mean, that's if, if there's something there, try to do it. Don't think you can't do it, uh, even so it's the first time. I, I did so many things also for the first time and failed. Uh, failing is something which is good uh, and it's not, uh, it's not bad. I think the, these are, uh, are the values uh, for, 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 for the children. Be open, be flexible um, and, and, and try to achieve something, whatever it is. Okay, great. You mentioned failing and that brings us to uh, one of my favorite questions. Uh, we, you're very successful in what you've done. You built uh, a, an impressive career, but we all make our mistakes. We all have our failures. So would you uh, mind sharing with us what is maybe one of your most brilliant failure in your career and, and, and what did you learn from it? I think, I mean, you, you make failures uh, every day and, and, and uh, that's, uh, that's w w when you have to learn and you, you need to reflect uh, that you're doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. of, of a bigger failure, I guess, uh, and, and you mentioned uh, all the career stations uh, I did in between uh, Suit and, uh, and Accenture. That, that was another company that I started there. Uh, and I was overwhelmed by the idea uh, what was presented uh, to me and, and probably I didn't even listen enough. I, I had it in my mind what would happen there. Uh, it was a Swiss company, so I, I, didn't, I didn't do the background checks and, 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 uh, and, th and thought what actually is, is happening there or, or maybe even talking uh, to, the, to the CEO of this company mm -hmm. uh, more often trying to understand that. And then going into with a picture of myself uh, what would happen and then, then facing something completely different. And I think that changed my mind um, as well on, on, on how to perceive things because you need to think in all dimensions, not just uh, in one. And, and, and being the head of, of Germany sounds nice on paper, but if, if the reality is so difficult or if you don't uh, put in uh, what actually can make you successful there, um, it, it's pretty difficult uh, to, to achieve. And uh, so I think uh, thinking about uh, your the, the future and, and anticipating it more, and, and if you don't know, then, then talk uh, to others and, and maybe discuss with them even more um, that I would uh, definitely uh, do different. And it's a failure I, I won't do again because uh, of that, uh, of that, uh, of that one. And uh, yeah. So your learning was if you're going for a new job, make sure to do a good due diligence. Make sure that you really understand what the job is yeah. all about. And, and if there's an, uh, an opportunity to be successful, because you can't be successful in, 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 in every job, right? And, and how you want to be successful. I think you yeah. need this, this small business plan. And I mean, if, if it's something you have done for, for the last 20 years, then it's fine. I probably, you know, the, the bits and pieces. So that, that's why I was less scared of, uh, of doing the CIO job because I have done similar roles at, at BMW. But mm -hmm. uh, building up a business from, from scratch uh, in, in Germany that's nearly inexistent. I mean, there are other success factors uh, in there needed. And you need to really, 
really do your, your due diligence? Are you the one uh, that really can do that? Is that something that really interests you? Or is, um, uh, is maybe a title or um, a perspective that's been given uh, to you more important than the due diligence and, and knowing what you can do and, and, and what you don't want to do? Yep. Uh, it's, it's not only if you're capable of, but is like, you asked the question, what's the, the fun driving into into the office? And uh, yeah, it's the people around and that you can do some things. And if you're bored going into the office, I mean, you're, you're not successful. <laughs> now, Stefan, who, looking back on your career, were there important people that you learned a lot from? Did you have important mentors, people that you could... Um, that you could mention and, and could, could you give an example of what you learned from who? I think they're, 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 they're always different uh, people and you take spots of them. It's not mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I wouldn't say I have one where I would say I took everything from this person and tried to copy, but there, there, there are a lot of people in, in, into your career where um, you, you took little pieces and, and, and did it. So for, for example, one was... Uh, um, my, 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 my boss in, in, in BMW, when I was uh, doing a project in China, he was uh, part of the, of the steering committee there uh, and was uh, Harald Krüger, the, the, uh, the later CEO of, uh, of, uh, of BMW, uh, mm -hmm. now not any longer with BMW. And he was a people's person. He was, he was approachable. He was open-minded. You could discuss with him. And, and, and he was such a good person that even of his high career uh, status, he was so approachable. So that, that is something where I said, okay, I need to be approachable. I need to give the people um, the feeling that they can talk and come to me and, and talk to me and, 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 and be open-minded. So for example, and, and of course there are others where you say, okay, they, they were more strict in, in doing things that were quite, uh, quite precise. Um, um, and they had a vision. Uh, I think uh, also my, my, my father, he had a vision when uh, we, we, I, I was born in the east of uh, Germany or eastern Germany. Um, and uh, we came over in, in 79. So even when the wall was there and, and he had a vision, he said, I, I want to move over there. I don't want to be here. That's, that's not there. So always have a vision where you want to move. Even so at this point in time, it might not be achievable or you, you don't see that uh, it is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, if you want, um, you, you can bring that uh, all in. And then, of course, uh, others um, that were quite uh, wide in, 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 their, in their knowledge, have knowledge of everything, be interested in everything because uh, it, uh, the world is so diverse and so interesting. Uh, be open for everything. Use your yep. time. Uh, um, I mean, I wish uh, if, if sleep would then be there, that I would be a, a happy man because it uh, <laughs> just helps you to recover. And I know it's, it's needed and it's very important, but it uh, kills uh, of the 24 hours a day has um, um, and uh, non-productive hours, I, I would say. Stefan, if you look back at your life, the completeness of it, what was really the best thing that has ever happened to you? It's probably the family that happens uh, to you. So uh -huh. wife and children uh, that you have because 
you can ask yourself the question what's the sense of life and, mm -hmm. uh, and obviously for me it's not just uh, business of course you want to bring uh, something in and uh, and also uh, for, for for the future uh, that they can build on but uh, the future and, and your children is uh, what uh, what continues in your life and where you can bring your values in and uh, they can uh, they can continue with that so probably that's the that's the best thing uh, that happened but uh, that's self-choosing <laughs> uh, and uh, very happy on that and the flip side of that of course what is could you share with us well, maybe one of the worst things that have ever happened to you and and uh, if you want and, and and what did you learn from it how did you overcome this and what did you learn from it well, uh, there, there is no one thing. I'm probably I'm really lucky that mm -hmm. there is not this major uh, major event. I think every time you have a loss and and, and people uh, people die, uh, and, and if they're dying too early, then 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 you ask the question, why does that need to happen? And mm -hmm. uh, and then you need to live with that. And I guess that's the that's the that's the difficulty to that that you have new life uh, and life that uh, that uh, passes and, and goes away. Um, to bring that into that it doesn't that it doesn't kill you in the thought of why did that need to happen? Why why was uh, it there? And uh, uh, and and I guess that that's the that's the difficulty. I mean, um, my wife lost uh, her mother very very early, mm -hmm. and and we always have the discussion about that. And uh, and she's still she's still emotional on this topic, even so that's. Um, yeah, more than than thirty years uh, ago, so that 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 always is like a fear um, that that you probably have that something could happen to your family, to yourself, uh, or something uh, like mm -hmm. that, um, and and how to overcome that because it, it belongs to life, um, um, passing and, and and birth, so 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 therefore um, live with that. That's that's uh, that's probably the difficulty in it. Yeah. So your family is very important, creating success and results in the company is very important. What are the other passions in, in, in your personal life? What is it that you spend your time with in, uh, in your private uh, time? Well, I like I like photography, so that's that's good with a family because you can photograph them. Mm -hmm. uh, even so, sometimes they don't like it. Uh, sometimes <laughs> they like it. So my daughter went uh, with their friends um, on on a holiday trip. So we we did a nice uh, photo shooting. Uh, that that was uh, that was cool. Um, other than that, I think uh, everything around uh, electronics uh, that, that uh, fascinates me, uh, all the audio components uh, that with technology even uh, become better in, in how to optimize that. Because even in audio, if you have a CD, uh, it's zero and one, but a zero and one doesn't sound the same with different components, even though it's zero and one. So that's a quite an interesting field in understanding uh, what what jitter or, or other things uh, are, and um, I think last but not least, it's it's wine <laughs> that makes my my life happy. That's also something. It's good because it's it's one time it's an investment, and I wish I would have bought more <laughs> wine when I when I was younger, uh, because now it gets really really uh, expensive, and mm -hmm. uh, and you can enjoy happy moments uh, with friends and and family. Uh, over a, a good bottle of wine. Yeah, I mean, wine is a, an investment in quality of life, I would say, no? Absolutely, absolutely. So, Stefan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it was uh, really a pleasure uh, doing this interview with you. Let's go to the last question of today, and that is, um, I mean, given the success that you have built, 
uh, and, and the young people, ambitious young digital talent that is watching these videos, what is the advice that you would give to them is if they want to follow in your footsteps and want to become a CIO of a big, big organization? Uh, probably a couple, a couple of things. One is, I mean, treat the people the same way you want to be treated. I mm -hmm. guess that that is the most important thing. Always think, would you be, would you want to be treated like this if you treat uh, the people? And I think if you if you do that in a good way, then the people would uh, would follow you. That mm -hmm. that's one one advice. The other advice is have have a plan for the future, a long term plan, and then plan uh, or, or work accordingly uh, to this plan, but also understand the impacts of that. So if, if somebody wants uh, wants to become a, a CIO or a CEO or whatever, I mean, uh, do understand also the implications and the bad, the pros and cons on that. So don't go for a title, uh, go for uh, for the content. And if you want to if you want to drive things, if you want to, uh, if you want to change things, and if you're open-minded uh, to change as well, to for for yourself, then I think you can become a, a great a great uh, leader. Okay. And on that note, Stefan, thank you so much for your time. It was really a pleasure. I'm looking forward to uh, in my next trip to Munich to get together and have a beer together. And uh, and uh, so see you soon. And thank you so much. We'll have it. Thank you very much for having me here. It was a pleasure to talk to you, Hendrik. Great fun. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, the beer is on me if you come to Munich. Okay, that's a promise. See you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs> yes, bye.